If you would open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 100 this morning. Psalm 100. We're going to talk about an attitude of gratitude. Uh, I have been greeted by a lot of folks this morning saying, Pastor, we're glad you're back. I am glad to be back. The good news is I'm back. Okay, the not so good news is I am still on Thailand time and it's about bedtime for me. I have been fighting this, trying to get readjusted to the time change and all that stuff and jet lag. So I really, if I sit down for any length of time, I go to sleep. So those of you that have been over there know what that's like. I'm struggling today. We had a great time. Uh, my wife and I and Salise Rowan went to Pattaya, Thailand, and we spent the week ministering, doing all kinds of incredible things. The primary purpose was to, to pass out Bibles to Chinese tourists. That's, that's the main thing we, we did while we were there. But we also got to do some ministry in the slums and got to see some other ministries that were taking place. So in a couple of weeks, I'm going to wait till after Coastal Christmas and we get our, uh, I get acclimated the time change, and then I'm going to share a testimony. We'll have Celise and Kelly come and we'll share slides. And I took 800 pictures while we were there. So um, we're not going to show you all those pictures, but we'll show you a few of those. Let's pray together as we open the Word of God and begin our study this morning. Heavenly Father, we do ask that right now, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would behold wonderful things from your law. Lord, I pray today that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. For Lord, you alone are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The psalmist writes these words, Shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His, His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, and praise His name. For the Lord is good, and His love is eternal, and His faithfulness endures throughout all generations. The psalmist says we're to give thanks. A few years back, a survey was done. University of California did a, one of those psychological surveys where they got a, several groups of people together. They, they put them in three categories. In the first group, they said, for a week, we want you to concentrate on only things that don't go right. And another group, they said, we want you to concentrate on just the average everyday stuff, just like got up, ate breakfast, went to work. And the last group, we want you to concentrate on everything good that happens in your life. Just look for good stuff. So after a week... It's no surprise that the group that concentrated on negative stuff had a lousy week. The people that just concentrated on the mundane, everyday stuff didn't have a much better week. But the group of people that they studied that concentrated on looking for the good ended up at the end of that week happier, healthier, with a better disposition about how things were going in their life. That is no accident. God tells us as believers, we're to focus on the good things God has done. So Thanksgiving was this week. And I'm still a week behind, so we're going to look at this truth today, all right? First truth, if I'm going to have this right attitude, an attitude of being grateful, I need to understand that God himself is the reason for our gratitude. God himself is the reason 
for my gratitude. The reason that I can give thanks is not just because of what God has done. That's what we do at Thanksgiving every year. That's what we do sometimes when we share praise reports. Let's talk about some good things God has done. That's not all we're talking about here. The Bible says the ultimate number one reason that I'm to be grateful, to give thanks, to have an attitude of gratitude and gratefulness to God is because He is the source of all good things. He is the reason that I am to be thankful. Look at verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Verse 3 says, He made us. He's our creator and we're His. He's our shepherd in verse 3. Verse 5 says again, The Lord is good. His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. It is not because of what God has done for me that I'm to be thankful and to be grateful. It is because of who God is. In Genesis, the Bible says He's the breath of life. In Exodus, He's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he's the salvation's choice. In Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. In Ezra, he's true and the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, he is wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he is the time and the season. In the Song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, he's the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he's the Spirit's power. In Amos, he's the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, he's the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk, in Zephaniah, he is pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores a lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of the righteousness of righteousness and rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, man, Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is fire from heaven. In Romans, he is the grace of God. In Corinthians, he is the power of love. In Galatians, he is freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he is our glorious treasure. In Philippians, the servant's heart. In Colossians, he is the Godhead, the Trinity. In Thessalonians, he is our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he is the mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he is the everlasting covenant. In James, he is the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he is our shepherd. In John and in Jude, he is the lover coming for his bride. And in Revelation, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Boy, is that not good? If that doesn't get you excited enough to say, God, every bone in my body, every cell in my being, God gives you thanks because of who you are, then something's wrong. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if, if you have received him by faith and said, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior and I give you my life and I invite you to come into my life and take control. If that's you, then that list I just read should ring throughout your life. God, I love you like our choir sang and I give you my gratitude and my thankfulness and my praise because of who you are. Number one, before I can be grateful, I have to understand that he's the reason for my thankfulness. Number two, biblical thanksgiving 
requires a public announcement. Biblical thanksgiving requires a public announcement. Did you hear that? Listen to what the the psalmist says. Verse 1, shout triumphantly. Shout triumphantly. What's he saying? He's saying, don't just keep it to yourself. Yes, I'd like to give God thanks today. How's it going in your life? Well, not real good, so I'm not going to give him a lot of thanks. Wait a minute. It's not about what he's doing. It's about who he is. Because of who he is, you can shout triumphantly. It's to be a public proclamation. Really, to give thanks is to say it before a group of people. To say, I give thanks for the God who's created me. Share it out loud. Say it out loud. A public announcement. Look at verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. I am to make a statement with my life, with my lips, with, with every part of my being. God, you are God. You are good. And I am grateful. Well, that'd be a good sermon outline, wouldn't it? You're good, God. And I'm grateful for that. When I got engaged to Kelly... After she told me to wait, two weeks. Was it two? It was two weeks, right? I said, Kelly, I love you. Will you marry me? And she said, I'll give you an answer in two weeks. (laughs) You know why she did that? Because she wasn't sure I was sure. She said, if you still mean this in two weeks, we'll talk about it. That's a pretty wise decision. I told her, I'm not changing my mind. I've decided. Well, when she finally said yes and we went and bought that ring, I wanted everybody I knew to know that I was engaged to Kelly. I wanted to shout it. Everybody I saw, I want you to meet my fiancé. She said yes. I wanted everybody to know it. When we got married... And then the Lord blessed us with children. I wanted everybody to know it. I put those signs in the yard. It's a boy. First one, it was a girl. Then it's a boy. I wore a hat. It's a girl. I remember that. Everywhere I went, I wanted all my customers to know I just had a little girl. And then when I had a little boy, I wanted everybody to know it. I wanted to announce it. Why? Because that relationship that I had, that I entered into with Kelly... And that God had just blessed me with by having children was so tremendous to me. And I felt so blessed. I wanted everybody to know it. That's what the psalmist says. You are so fortunate to have the privilege to receive Christ. To have the privilege to be created by a a, a God who loves you with an everlasting love. With a faithful love that lasts through all generations. You're to shout it. You're to make it known. He goes on to say you're to, to enter his courts with praise. Give thanks, say it loudly, proclaim it, celebrate it. Heard about a little boy at a birthday party. And um, he wasn't saying thank you. And mom came up and said, why aren't you saying thank you about all these gifts you're getting? He said, because I heard somebody say thank you. And and the other lady said, don't mention it. So he said, "I, I haven't been mentioning it. Well, he misunderstood. Some of you think that we're just not to mention it. It ought to be good enough to let everybody know, I joined a church and I'm going to heaven, that's fine. Well, the psalmist says, shout it. Let everybody know. Everybody. It ought to be something. There's a song we used to sing years ago. Joy is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart. 
for the king is in residence there. Does anybody know that song? Anybody? Kelly, you remember that song? One of us knows it. Shall I sing it for you? No. It ought to be the flag that I'm flying. That this life that I now have in Jesus Christ is because he loved me. And that's my next point, number three. That gratitude that I have toward God will flow out of a love relationship with Christ. That gratitude, that heart of thanksgiving, that passion of of understanding that God loved me so much He gave to me, that's going to flow out of a love relationship with Christ. Would you look at this? Look at verse 3. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. Think about that. Someone says when you receive Jesus Christ, you're bought twice. <laughs> you've, been, you've been created by God. You're His. And then when He buys you back through salvation, you're His again. You're twice His. Created in the image of God. And then made a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am His. So He says this. He made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. We belong to Him. The psalmist says, here is the heart of thanksgiving. It's a love relationship with Christ. Now, all over this world, people celebrate Thanksgiving in different ways. The folks in Thailand were doing it. <laughs> it was a challenge for them to find a turkey dinner, but they were going to do it. They said it was, they, they made arrangements in this little restaurant and they had to make reservations because all the people that wanted a turkey dinner wanted to go to that one place. And they said that all the fixings were ready at one when there were reservations were, but the turkey didn't get ready till two. So they all got full of all the trimmings. They, were, they, they wanted to celebrate Thanksgiving. People do it all over the world, especially in America. We celebrate this time of Thanksgiving. But to really celebrate it, you need to know Christ. See, I can give thanks to whoever. I can give thanks to other people. I can give thanks that I have it. Uh, whatever I have, my possessions, who do I give thanks to? You can only give thanks to God because He's the giver of all good things. And it's, it's an outflow of my love relationship with Him. Go back to my marriage. Kelly and I love each other. We not only love each other, we are in love. And that's different. Because loving one, someone is you make a commitment to them. But to be in love, I believe that there's, there's the emotion that goes with it. By the way, a lot of people give up because the emotion leaves. You can't. Commitment. Love is commitment. But we, we love one another. And the things that happen in our life are filtered through that love relationship. We've just had a great week in Thailand, an incredible week. But it was not easy. There were some hard parts in that week. So anybody that wants to go with us next year, forget this part right here, okay? <laughs> it was tough. We didn't get all the sleep we needed. We went from early morning to late at night. We were on our feet. We were out in the heat. It was difficult. But we were together. And a lot of what went on this week, we just filtered through that love relationship. We've gone through some stuff in our marriage that hasn't been fun. We've had some struggles with our kids and some struggles with family and struggles with finances and struggles with churches. Not this one. (laughs) It hasn't been easy. But everything that's come into our life, we have filtered through that love relationship. Say, you know what? We're going to make it because we love one another. Listen, believers, everything that happens in your life, you filter through that love relationship you have with Jesus Christ. You can put it in perspective. If things aren't going right with your finances or with your kids or with your church or with whatever, you come back to say, I'm in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. 
because of who I am and who he is and what he's done for me by creating me and saving me, everything has a little bit of different perspective because I'm his. Flows out of that love relationship. Think about that. I tell you what, there's been some things happening in my life this week that I wish had not happened. Tough stuff. But I step back and I say, you know, Lord, you love me and I'm in a love relationship with you and I can accept it. I can I can give you thanks for that. Leads me to number four. Our gratitude will influence others to be thankful to God. My gratitude will influence others to be thankful to God. See, again, the psalmist says, I'm to shout triumphantly to the Lord, to all the earth. I'm to serve Him. I'm to acknowledge that He's God. I'm to enter His gates with thanksgiving, verse 4. Enter His courts with praise, give thanks to Him. I'm to praise His name. And look at this. For the Lord is good. His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures to all generations. God wants my spirit of thanksgiving and and gratitude to, to impact other people. Have you ever been around someone like that? Things aren't going well in their life, but they have this attitude of joy and thankfulness. It just kind of rubs off. It's contagious. The psalmist said in Psalm 66, verse 16, Come and listen, all who fear Him, and I will tell you what the Lord has done for me. See, it's great that I praise God for who He is. And when I'm alone at home or when I'm in my car where I do a lot of my praising and praying, when I'm by myself, that's a good thing. But there's this added benefit of rubbing shoulders with other people when I share with them my praise and thanksgiving to God. It influences them. It challenges them. It encourages them. Some of you have encouraged me when I haven't felt like I was going to make it through the week because of your attitude of, of joyfulness and thanksgiving. I was in a situation recently where there was a crisis in a family And I was right there, and I didn't have a good word to say. And I'm I'm a preacher. I'd have a good word to say. I had nothing good to say. And a young lady prayed a prayer right in the midst of that crisis situation. And she began to give God thanks that he's still God. And that young lady didn't have any reason other than the fact that God is God. And I want you to know it encouraged my heart. God was saying to Kevin, why didn't you pray that prayer? Why didn't you you lead out in saying, God, we don't understand this, but we love you. And we're thankful that you're there and you're in control. God used that young lady to challenge me and to encourage me. To influence me. Because I knew what she was going through. And in the midst of her darkness, she could say, God... You're good. See, our our thanksgiving will impact others. You say, well, I want my thanksgiving to be where I'm joyful and happy all the time. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord all the time. Everything's good. God is good. Smile and happy. I'd like that too. That'd be pretty good. But you know when the praise and thanksgiving really impacts others is when you're where that young lady was, when your days are dark. When you don't know when the next paycheck is going to come or you don't know when the the relative is going to come back home. And when it's dark and you can't see the light, but you say, God, I still give you thanks. 
That's when God influences others. God's the reason for our thanksgiving, our gratitude. It's to be public. It flows out of a love relationship. And our gratitude will influence others. I tell you, one of my favorite stories of thanksgiving is Corey Ten Boone. There in Ravensbrück concentration camp, she and her sister being imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp because they helped some Jews. And there's one time in their, their, their uh, time and stay in the concentration camp where her sister Betsy is telling her, uh, Corey, we're to give God tanks for all things. That's my Dutch accent. Did you like that? I'm Dutch, so I can, I can try to do that. And, and Corey said, Betsy, I can't give God thanks for all things. Not the fleas. I can't give God thanks for the fleas. And Betsy said, yes, Corey, even for the fleas. See, they literally were filthy. And the fleas were eating them alive. But she said, we need to give God thanks for the fleas. Betsy had a heart that understood God's heart. It's interesting as you read her story that that little hut, that little dormitory that they lived in was the one dormitory that the guards didn't bother. They didn't go in there. They didn't harass them. They didn't break up their prayer meetings. They didn't break up their Bible studies. They didn't break up their praise. You know why? Fleas. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know this. We can give God thanks, even for the fleas, because he's going to use that for his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we give you thanks for your word, for your presence. Lord, that we are yours. You are our shepherd. And Lord, I give you thanks that most of the people in this room by their testimony, have shared that they are already in a love relationship with you. We give you thanks for that. God, I pray for folks who are struggling, whatever the fleas are in their life right now, whatever the darkness is, whatever the struggle is, God, that today, Lord, they give you thanks because of who you are. Because you're good. You're God. Lord, I pray for some in this room today who have never understood what it means to be forgiven of their sin, to have a love relationship with you. Lord, I pray today during this time of commitment that you would have your way with us right now, right here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of commitment. I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment and we'll be standing down front here. And and if, if you are in one of those dark places, if you're in one of those places of struggle and God's just been reminding you that he's God, or maybe you've been forgetting that he's God. And, and during our time of commitment, I just invite you to come and kneel. Just make these steps a place of surrender. Say, God, here I am. I thank you for the darkness because you're the light. I thank you for the struggle because you're going to use it for your glory. I'm going to invite you to come and do that. Maybe that today you're here and you've never received Christ as Savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's every one of us. The Bible says that sin has a penalty. The penalty is separation from God. The wages of sin is death. 
The Bible says what I deserve, what you deserve, is to be separated from God for eternity in a place called hell. Then the Bible says this, God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But if you'd acknowledge that this morning and realize that Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross to pay the price for your sins, we can help you with a prayer to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you, that you can have a home in heaven, that you can have a relationship with God through Christ, that you can know that your sins are forgiven. I invite you to do that today. If you've never done that before, we'll help you with that decision. Let's stand to our feet right now. If you need to come and pray, you come. You just need to stand and worship. You do that. If you need to receive Christ, we'll be right here.